0: But anyway, I um, I want to speak a little bit on the two main subjects because of what I, I hear people say. And I think, do they really understand what they're saying? Because this is such an important issue. And that is when it's all over with, when you boil it all down, is where are you going when you die? Because, you know, We all have problems in life. We all have, you know, things that we consider to be pertinent issues and uh, priorities. Uh, But when you die, it's where did you go? That's important. And it'll override everything else that you ever decide upon. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made in your whole life is to make sure that you have eternal life and know that you're going to heaven. Well, there's a lot of people that are going to church reading Bibles, doing a lot of praying, and posting a lot of things on the Internet. And I think sometimes there must be a fake Bible out there someplace because they got fake news. It's not the real thing. It's not what God said. So I um, know by certain questions that people ask whether they really get it or not. And I've had people say, well, you know, yeah, you're saved by grace. But if you don't live right, you're not really saved. Now that sounds spiritual. Like they really know what they're talking about. They haven't got a clue. That has nothing to do. How you live your life has nothing to do with where you're going to spend eternity. It doesn't. So anyway, I want to um, have you turn your Bible to the book of John, the gospel of John in chapter 3. Simple things, but they can cause you a lot of problems if you cannot answer certain statements And I want to show this to you. There's a lot of people who are getting messed up because of the word should. Should. And so, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Well, you shouldn't, but you still could. But have everlasting life. Well, well, you shouldn't perish, but you still could perish. So should... Depends on you got to keep believing. He that believeth hath everlasting life. As long as you believe, you have everlasting life. But if you don't continuously keep believing, then you don't have eternal life. And so therefore, they mean by you keep believing, you got to keep believing and keep walking that straight and narrow way. Or you lose your salvation. Then you got to get saved all over again. Well, is, is that true? Of course it's not true. But I want to show you something. Look there in verse 14. John chapter 3. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. In the Old Testament, the book of Numbers talks about people were murmuring against God, against Moses, and serpents were sent, poisonous snakes. They were biting the people. And people were dying. So he says, put a serpent made out of brass upon a pole and whosoever would look would live. So I got bit by a snake. I'm to look and I would live. So what they're saying is you can't just take a look. You got to keep looking. But if you take your eyes off of it, up you die. You got to look and keep looking. It doesn't say that. One look is good to go. When Jesus told the woman at the well that if you drink from this water that I have to give to you, you'll never thirst again. What they're trying to say is you've got to drink it and then keep drinking it. And when you stop drinking, you'll lose it. So you've got to drink and keep drinking. He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. He that eateth this bread shall never hunger so that means you got to eat this bread, but you're saved as long as you keep eating this bread. And when you stop eating the bread, you're no longer saved. Is that really what he's saying? No, it is not. Now look there in your notes. The little s- statement there, I've got where the s- second paragraph down, I have been told that we are saved if we only believe, but we must keep believing if we are to stay saved, because if you stop believing, then you're no longer saved. Now that might sound good, sounds spiritual, but the Bible doesn't teach that. You see, I am saved, not because I'm still believing. I heard it 58 years ago in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia, and I believed it and God saved me. But I've had to keep believing it all these years, and when I stop believing it, then I lose my salvation. I'm worn out, but I'm hanging in here. Now look at this statement here. But we must keep believing if we are to stay saved, it's like having an endless supply of pizza delivered to your door, and it will keep coming as long as you keep eating. But when you stop eating, it stops coming. That's ridiculous. I'll look at the next statement. Now, everybody knows that Adam and Eve were placed into a garden. Beautiful garden. There was no sin. And so they were in pretty good shape. But lo and behold, they they ate the fruit. When they ate the fruit, they did something wrong. They became bad. Now, look what I wrote here. Did Adam and Eve have to keep eating the fruit to stay bad? Did they have to keep eating the fruit to stay bad? no. That one time they ate that fruit, they became sinners from then on. One time they didn't have to keep eating the fruit to stay bad. So, if they wanted to get back into the garden, all they had to do is stop eating the fruit and they can get back in the garden. If it doesn't work that way, why should it work the other way? They said, Well, you've got to get good and stay good. You've got to go to church and keep going to church. And you've got to give money and keep giving money. You've got to change your life and keep changing your life. You've got to always do right. And if you do wrong, then you've lost it. So they say your faith has to be a continuous faith, that there's no end to it. You've got to stay right. And then when you don't, well, that was a sign you probably never really were saved to start with. How would you like to live for 20, 30, 40 years? And right before you die, you really mess up bad and then you die. Now you're going to hell. Look at the next statement. The last verse there, and the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, and keeps looking, shall live. Did I add anything to it? And see, what I added isn't in the Bible. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth on me and keeps on believing and keeps on believing and keeps on believing hath everlasting life. No, when I believed on Christ one time, one time in my whole life, I trusted Christ as my Savior. That was good for my whole life. i never have to do it again. You say, well, what if you don't live right? I knew you were going to ask that. So look at the next statement right in the middle of your page. You know where I got this? I got it right off of our website. Off of our YouTube channel, I was told that we ought to take and have a bunch of these little five, four, five, six minute little diddlies you know, on certain issues and complicated scriptures and uh, put it on the YouTube. So we went into the office in here and Jesse got his little camera, you know, and, and, and my very first one, believe it or not, I had, what's her name, um, Lucia. She came in there and took about 10, 15 years off of my life. She decorated me up and she made me look real nice and pretty. She smoothed out my skin and blackened my eyebrows and my hair. and Well, not to that extent. But I mean, she really, she kind of waxed me and made me look good, you know, so that, and I've never had such stuff before. But Betty didn't recognize me. <laughs> so we didn't do it anymore. And so that sermon that I did, it was only four minutes long, but it had, it's got over 30,000 views on it. Now, look at this one. This one here I did. What if a man sins willfully after he's saved, and it's got over 79,000? That was yesterday. Now, since then, there probably is right around 80,000 that have viewed that one little five minute message that I put up on it. And you ought to see the things that people put up there. It'll blow your mind. Because if you sin willfully, that's a sign you weren't saved. And they have all kinds of stuff, all kinds of comments. But some wrote a couple of things and I want to read a couple of their, their questions that they put up there or statements that they made. So look at what they said. Because you see, the reason I'm doing this, it's because people come to church and they have the same thoughts. They just don't say anything. But they have the same questions, same comments. They believe the same way. One said, God forgive me. I used to sin willfully even though I knew it was wrong. I read the Holy Bible twice a day and prayed to God three times a day. When I'm done reading my Bible in the morning and evenings, and right before I go to sleep. I always say a quick prayer of forgiveness every time I catch myself sinning. Now, isn't that wonderful that he does that? That's, that's great. But do you have to do that to go to heaven to be sure you're going to make it? So every night before you go to bed, you get on your knees before the bed, and you say, as I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Doesn't that sound good? I prayed that for years. I didn't know the Lord. But you don't have to do that. But there's nothing wrong in you trying to straighten up and flying right to guard yourself in your life. Look at the next statement. Anyone who willfully sins is going to hell. Repeat. Anyone who willfully sins is going to hell. Bible is clear on that. Don't be fooled by all this watered-down preaching, cherry-picking Scripture. Christ died so we would not sin no more. For one example, I very seldom, if at all, do I sin. I can say I do not sin anymore. I used to, not anymore. Do you sin? I bet you do. Take a lot of discipline, but I do not sin anymore. And there was a few other things, but I had enough of that. I've met people that said, I have never sinned in 40 years. One guy told me that at a truck stop when I was bringing some kids down from Colorado to a camp in Florida. And some kids came running to me and says, Yankee, this is the guy says he ain't never sinned. He says, he ain't sinned in 40 years. I walked over and I looked down and I says, they tell me you say you haven't sinned in 40 years. That's right. I haven't sinned in 40 years. I says, you're a liar. It kind of shocked him. He says, I am not lying. I says, yes, you are. And you know it, and I know it, and everybody else knows it. You're so deceptive. You're you're trying to fool everybody. You can't fool anybody. Everybody knows you're a liar. And he says, I am not. I says, yes, you are. He says, I am not. Yes, you are. And we got in a great big old argument. I says, are you mad? I says, you just lost your salvation. I kept on until I made sure that he was good and mad. I hated to cause that man to lose his salvation, but uh, he realized he wasn't perfect like he thought he was. But anyway, you say you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I thought about it afterwards, and I was glad I did. Look at the next statement. Unfortunately, pastor, you are in error. Once saved, always saved is not correct. God expects us to Stop habitual sinning and to learn from it and willfully not do it again. We are not perfect. And because we are not perfect, we must constantly be repenting and learning from our past sins to become godly in nature. Now, all that sounds good. But do you have to do this in order to go to heaven? Do I have to continually keep repenting, keep believing, keep in order to keep what I've got? When I trusted Christ as my Savior 58 years ago, God said He saved me and gave me the free gift of everlasting life. Now, if He gave it to me and it was free, there's no strings attached, then there's nothing that I have to do to keep it. Now, if I have to do something to keep it, it's not free. And it's not eternal life. Look at the next statement. This is my personal thoughts toward one saved, always saved. I feel I am saved, and I'm so glad that salvation is based on feeling instead of facts. But anyway, he says, I feel I am saved, but still fear God's judgment. The fear is a good thing and a respect for God's earned authority at Calvary. I believe we are always to love and fear God. If this fear keeps us saved and from willfully returning to sin, then we are better for it. If this fear keeps us saved, is it fear that keeps me saved? Or is it Christ that keeps me saved? See, it can sound so good and people can be swayed by comments that other people make. And so they begin to, well, I know I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? Well, I fear God. I love God. Well, because I, I don't want to sin anymore. Because I confessed all my sins and because I, wait a minute, if it has anything to do with it, you trusting Christ and Him alone as your only hope to go to heaven, you've got reason to doubt your salvation. Look down at the, the bottom of the page where I have the word response. John 6:47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Although hath means present tense and can mean habitually, meaning you can give me an apple today if I receive it, and an apple tomorrow if I receive it tomorrow. So I can keep receiving it a gift today, and I can get. That's why I like having my birthday to last for three months, because I can get a gift today, and I can get another gift the next day, and I can get another gift the next day. But God talking about the free gift of everlasting life. How many times can He give you the free gift of everlasting life? One time, because it's everlasting life. And it's free, and it's a gift, and once you have it, you have it. And he can't take it away from you, because then it wouldn't be grace. Grace means you didn't deserve it, and you don't do anything to keep deserving it. It was a gift of God. Look at the next statement. In John 3:16, it is clearly stated that it is a one-time acceptance by the addition of shall not, it means in the future, shall not perish. If therefore it cannot mean a continual believing to keep everlasting life. If I trust Christ as my Savior today and He gives me the free gift of everlasting life and says I shall not perish, shall not means future. If I cannot perish in the future, then I have nothing to have to keep because I cannot perish if I believe what He says. So do I believe it or don't I believe it? But if I still believe that I can perish, yes, then I might have to try to keep getting saved. That's because I don't believe what he said. But he says, he that believeth on me hath what? Everlasting life shall not perish. Page 2. Look at page 2. Top of the page. Says this in John chapter 5 and verse 24. It's a very good verse in your Bible. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath. Hath, that means present tense. hath, right now, hath everlasting life. So if I believe it, when do I get eternal life? That very moment, when I believe it. If you believe it, you hath it. And shall not, well, that's future. That means in the future. Shall not come into condemnation. It means I cannot be condemned in the future said, What if you did a bunch of bad, bad things? Cannot be condemned. But it's passed from death into life. It's already done. That's past tense. So if I believe what the Word of God says, then I can know that I have eternal life now, and I can know that I can't be condemned in the future, and I can know that I'm going to heaven whenever I die. If I believe what He said. But you see, people cannot believe what God says because it's too easy. You got to do something. You can't can't tell me you can trust Christ as your Savior and go out here and live like you please and still go to heaven when you die. Yes, I can. And any preacher who will not tell you that isn't telling you the truth about the gospel. The gospel is good news. Is it good news? Okay, you have eternal life until you sin again. Okay, how long would you have it? How long would you keep it? Because if you can sin and lose it, why waste the time getting it? Because, you see, when you trust Christ as Savior, it's eternal life. Lasts forever. Now, yes, there's things that we talk to about Christians and consequences in your life. But now, notice this. Jesus promised those that believe on the Father, after hearing His word, they may have everlasting life, present tense. Number two, shall never come into condemnation. That's future have passed from death into life, passed, it's already done. God sees me already as His child and seated in the heavenlies because I am in Christ and Christ is there and that's where I am. My life is hid with Christ and God. Now look at the next statement. None of those promises are true if our continuous faith is a condition for our staying saved. And here's a couple of little things to maybe think about. If you have to Continually keep believing in order to keep it. All right. If we cannot prove or disprove that a person can believe or disbelieve during sleep, can a person, when he's totally asleep, trust Christ as Savior if he's asleep? and Or if he's in a coma? Or if he has Alzheimer's and he can't remember anything? Can you trust Christ as your Savior? Or if you did trust the Lord, can you lose it because you can't think about it? And you can't continuously keep trusting Him because you don't even know at a point you even exist. When I go to sleep at night, I go to sleep. And I don't have to worry about losing my salvation in the middle of the night because I didn't have a continuous faith. Look at the statement. How can we prove that faith is in a continuous state of Belief, during sleep. How do you continuously believe during sleep? Is there continuous faith during Alzheimer's? Uh, Brain injury, mental illness, coma, sleep, sedation. I've had people, doctors give me, you know, drugs uh, right before surgery. And they say, now, start at 100 and count backwards. they ever tell you that? I never get to about 95. I never get that far. I start one, two, or... A 199 and uh, gone. Now I'm glad that I don't lose my salvation because I wasn't able to constantly, continuously be aware that I've got to keep believing. You see, it doesn't make sense and it's not the Bible. That's what some people want to say. See, the devil has his own gospel, the devil has his own ministers, and his job is to make sure you stay confused. It's so easy, so simple. Okay, I trust Christ as my Savior. He gives me eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I die. Now, what's the problem? Well, that's too easy. Well, you didn't make it. God did. God's the one that says what to do and what not to do. So let's just take God at His word. Look at the next statement. Must we keep believing to make the following true? A good way to determine the word should is by examining the context as to whom it depends. If it depends on the Lord, it will be true. If it depends on man, it might be true. So whenever the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. See, if it depends on me, it could mean might not perish. But if it depends on God, it will not perish. And does my salvation depend on God, depends on Him. I cannot perish, but have everlasting life. Well, see, that means if my going to heaven depends upon Him, He can guarantee I will not perish. But if my salvation depends upon me, I might not perish if I behave and I do all the. See, then it depends on me. doesn't depend on God and have everlasting life. Well, if it depends on God, then I can know I have everlasting life. If it depends on me, I might hope I have everlasting life. Because see, if anything that depends on me, I'm not sure of me. That's why some people don't know for sure they're going to heaven, because it depends on them. If I take God at His word, it's simple. He said He saves me. He said He'd give me eternal life. He said He'd never cast me out. But, I can say, "Oh, I'm trusting the Lord, but if I can lose it, then it depends on me. See how simple, it's so easy to understand this. But you ought to see all the comments that comes up on our YouTube channel that question salvation, because they can't believe God meant what He said. You can't know you're going to heaven. Well, didn't the Bible say the things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son? You may know that you have eternal life. Didn't it say that in the Bible? Yes. Yeah. So can I know I'm going to heaven? Yes, I know that. Now look at the next statement. In the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, we often quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then the very next verse in verse 10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. If I should walk in them, then that depends on me. But if it depends on God, everything's sure. Depends on you and I, it may or it may not. It might happen and it might not happen if it depends on us. See, there's a lot of verses in the Bible talk about what we should do, but we may not do them. There's some things that the Bible says God says this should be, and if God stands behind it, it will be. So you see, the word should can be used to um, certainty, or maybe, perhaps, we should go to church. So that for that means that we will. If it depends on us, no. Every person who trusts Christ as Savior should go to heaven because it trusts the Lord. It means it will. If people can understand the simplicity of it, there's no problem to it. Look there in your Bible at the next scripture reference right here on your notes. And I want to run through these very quickly. I want you to see this. In 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance, but that means if it depends upon us, it may or it may not happen. But God is not willing that any should perish, but some people will perish because they will not come to Him. And there is a difference in using the word because that depends upon our choice. Look at the next verse. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Does the Bible say that we should love one another? So because God wants us to love one another, we automatically do. So if you don't, that's a sign you weren't really saved. No, that's not what it's saying. We should love one another. That means it depends upon us, and we may or may not love one another. Do we all love each other the way we should? Does every husband love his wife the way he should? Does every wife love her husband the way, he should? Do they love her kids the way we should? Love the Lord the way we should? No, because when it depends on us, we're sinful. We don't do everything that we should do. Look at the next verse. In 1 Peter chapter 4, and verse 2. Now, this is a good verse. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. That he no longer should See, when it depends upon us, we may or we may not. But when God says, if you're saved, you should do this. But if it depends upon me, I may do it. I may not do it. But when it talks about what God's going to do, and then you can count on it. That's definite. That is the will of God. That will happen. Now, get this. 1 Peter 3, 9 not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Here you are, you trusted Christ as your Savior. You have eternal life. You're going to heaven when you die. God wants us to be blessed, and we're the one that determines whether or not we will do that which will bring the blessings of God or not the blessings of God. And so I know that if I serve the Lord, God must bless me. But his blessing me is going to be because it depends upon what I do. Am I going to do what this verse says I should do? And this verse simply tells me, not rendering evil for evil. Don't doing people wrong because they did you wrong. People may wrong you, may wrong me. We can forgive them means that I'm not going to do them wrong for what they did. It means that I'm not taking vengeance out upon a person who has wronged me. People will wrong you, and you can forgive. Doesn't mean you forget. Doesn't mean you restore them to everything that they had. That doesn't mean that. It means you're not personally going to take out vengeance upon a person, and railing for railing. But contrariwise, you want to do right by people, and treat them right. Not to be saved, but because you want you want to be blessed by God. So there's things that we should do, but you may not do them. God wants every one of His children to love Him, but you may choose not to love Him. To honor the Lord, you may not honor Him. Look at the next verse, where He says in 1 Peter 2 and verse 21, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. Does that mean that everybody will follow his steps? No. Because this is what you should do. And you may, and you may not do it. Because it depends on you. So when salvation depends upon you, you have no guarantee. Because you are not infallible. You are not perfect. But when you trust Christ as your Savior and it depends upon him, he said you should not perish He says you have everlasting life. He says it because it depends on him. That's why a man cannot lose his salvation. Why? Because it doesn't depend upon man. It depends upon God keeping his word. Look at the next statement. Hebrews 11 and verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. God's choice and was not found because God had translated him before he his translation. He had this thing. He pleased God. So him being translated out of this world, that was God's choice. It wasn't Enoch's choice. All he did was be faithful, but God made a choice about translating him out of this world so that he would not see death. That did not depend upon Enoch. Enoch could not do anything about that. Look at the next statement. Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death. That's God's choice. So if he by the grace of God should taste death, that means he's tasted death for every man because that's grace. This is why Calvinism doesn't work. Because Grace means that he tasted death for every man and they don't believe that God did it for every man. But the scripture says it was every man. And when he says should taste death, it means it was true and it did happen and it was the will of God and it was permanent and it was done. But now if this depends upon us, we can say, well, he should have done this, he should have done that. That's according to us. But according to the word of God, Jesus Christ went to the cross and tasted death for every man. Look at the next verse, Titus 2.11, 2.12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Get this, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present. How shall we live in this world after we are saved? Should we live sober and righteously and godly in this present world? Should we? Does that mean we all will? No, because it depends on us. But it's still what God wants us to do and desires for us to do, but you're free to make choices contrary to God's will. That does not affect your salvation because that depends upon God, keeping His Word. But He is telling us as His children what He wants us to do and how He wants us to live. And the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, and that's what it does. Look in Ephesians 2.10 right there in your notes. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Should we walk in good works? Is that the will of God? But walking in good works is our choice. It's up to us whether we will or will not do that. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 15, And that He died for all... That they which live should not henceforth, from now on, live unto themselves. That does not mean you will live for the Lord. And henceforth live unto themselves. A lot of people live only for themselves. But it doesn't affect their salvation because that salvation depends upon what God does. How we live depends upon what we do. And there's a lot of things the Word of God says that we should but we don't always do what we should do, but it cannot and does not affect our salvation, because salvation depends upon God keeping His word, and God does not lie. So when He says you should not perish, what do you think that means? Oh, God, I, I hope you don't perish. Have everlasting life. Well, if you can keep it. No, salvation depends upon Him keeping His word. That's what He promised. Now look at the next statement. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Ah, Somebody see that? See see that he'll deny you. He'll deny you. Deny you what? He can't deny you salvation because that depends on him. But he can deny you reward because rewards depend upon you. Duh, that's how simple the scriptures are when you keep things clear, when you keep it separate. But if you don't, Your mind gets mixed up and there's a million preachers out there that are mutilating the gospel. And that affects what you're trusting in to get you to heaven. So it's a heaven and hell issue. And that's why I harp on it all the time. I just don't want people to go to hell. And you're not going to heaven until you know you cannot go to hell. Look at the next statement. If we believe not. What if I trust Christ my Savior 58 years ago and I did? And today, I deny everything. I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in anything. Therefore, I must be going to hell now. No. I'm going to go to heaven whether I like it or not. If we believe not yet, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. You see, whenever you trusted Christ as your Savior, in the book of 2 Timothy, in chapter 2 and verse 19, he says that, We have this foundation. This is a great foundation. The Lord knoweth them that are His. Because right before he talks about how people were saying things that were not true and overthrow the faith of those who believed in Him. So can you, by wrong doctrine in a wrong place, cause you to question your salvation and doubt your salvation? Yes. Yes. And overthrow your faith? Yes. Shipwreck your life? Yes. But aren't you glad that God knoweth them that are His? Once you trust Christ as Savior, you're His. And you belong to the Lord. Now look at these last two verses down here at the bottom because of communion service. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That depends on you and I. If we will do this... We will not be judged. That depends upon me. So every one of us, as a child of God, it is the will of God that we examine our life. to see, as a child of God, are you living the way God wants you to live? Are there things in your life you're tolerating, sins in your life that you need to take care of? You cannot play games with God. You cannot win. Understand that. And so the next verse says, But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. That depends upon God. See, the reason God chastens His children here, and He will judge His children, because we cannot be condemned with the world. I mean, we can't go to hell. So your Heavenly Father, see, there's things He He says, this can happen. And there's some things that can happen. So when it depends upon you and I, yes, Your heavenly father may have to step in. And God says, even though you're chastened by God and judged by God, you cannot be condemned with the world because that depends on him. This is why it is so important to understand that as a child of God, God is the one who, well, this is the Lord's table. This is not the church's table. This is the Lord's table. It is a divine command. It's from the Word of God, and God wants His children, those who trusted Christ as Savior, to examine themselves. Not each other. I'm not here to judge you. You're not here to judge me. But you're to understand, this is why Christ died. He paid for all of my sins. I have eternal life. I'm His child. And there's a lot of things that I should do. But you need to examine, am I doing these things that I should do? If not, then talk to the Lord about that. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, understand this. The Bible says that God loves you. And so do I. God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to down the cross and pay for your sins. And the only thing that you had to do was believe that He did it for you. And so he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So if you'll believe that He did it for you, He puts that payment He made to your account, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ did on the cross for you. Would you trust Him right now as your Savior? Friend, I pray that you will. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, is there anyone at all Say, preacher, that made sense to me? I want to know I have eternal life and I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die. And right now, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down anyone at all before we close? If you're watching on the Internet, right where you are, you can trust Christ as your Savior, and I pray that you will. Father, we thank you again for this time together. Bless in this moment that we spend time talking to you about things in our own personal life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.